Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. episode number 146 of the podcast with my good mate Rocky Biasi. Now, Rocky's a two-time veteran of the podcast. He was on episode number 52. And in that episode, Rocky talks about his upbringing, his uh, sort of credentials, his teaching, his practices, everything he's done. So today, we get straight into fundamentals for good mental health and well-being. And what I love about today's chat is the conversations we have around um, dealing or ways to know if you've got a trigger or a mental health issue and how you can go about figuring that out. And Rocky uses a really good analogy related to a headache, which I absolutely love. Um, And also, one thing that I've always struggled with is knowing what to say or the right conversation or how to talk to somebody you may be a little bit concerned about. And um, again, we discuss that as well as a number of other things, morning routines, staying on top of your game. Um, and just a, a lot of general little tips, research, and evidence um, that will be really beneficial for everybody because mental health is on the rise and it's probably going to continue to rise And unless we really hit it head on and um, have conversations like Rocky and myself have today. So, guys, this is episode number 146. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 146 with a two-time veteran now and a good mate of mine, Rocky Biasi. How are you, buddy? G'day, Dale. I'm really well, thank you. Now, mate, I'm really excited for this. And for listeners, uh, I guarantee after you've listened to today's chat, normally I get the backstory of my guests and everything, but I've already had Rocky on. So if you want to, before listening to this, because you're going to love the content, Rocky was episode number 52. So it was a long time ago, nearly 100 episodes ago. So, Rocky, today we're going to talk about fundamentals for good mental health and well-being. And obviously, just to paint the picture for people who are listening, you run Human Connections and you run workshops, seminars, conferences all over the world. Mate. Yes, th- um, thanks, Dale. Um, we do. We, we're mostly known for our accidental counsellor training, um, and uh, yeah, I, I've been really um, blessed, grateful to be able to, uh, you know, run and run our presentations and our work, uh, like you say, all, all, all over the place. So um, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be working with you quite lately and seeing you present, mate, and that's why I'm really excited for today's chat because the work you're doing is just phenomenal and it's making such an impact. So, Rocky, why why do you think there's such a rise with uh, mental health issues and illnesses um, today than what there might have been 10 years ago? So that's a really interesting question, you know, Dale, because... <clears throat> Uh, when, when we run our workshops, we, we have, um, you know, we, we've had thousands of people over the last 10 years. Uh, and when I ask that question to people who come to our workshop, these are people who are not trained as counsellors, but they're, they're um, either they work in schools or even in non-school sectors, but they are dealing with people in emotional distress. So they come and they want to do a, a basic type of counselling course. So they have some skills because they are quote unquote accidental counsellors, right? And so when I ask that question, um, it's interesting people's responses. You know, they, the people will say, well, there's an increase because we, we're more aware. There's an increase because social media and it's more well-known and published and, and all of that. But I think that there's uh, 
solid research that actually says, yes, despite uh, all of that, there is an increase in some of the mental health issues that we're dealing with as um, as a society. And, and, you know, Dale, without trying to be simplistic about this and say, well, I think it's just because of one reason, that obviously there's many things that contribute to this. But if I was pushed and someone was to say, okay, all right, we get it, it's nuanced, but come on, if you were to give us one reason, what do you think it would be? And I would say to you, Dale, that it's because I think as a modern society, despite social media that's meant to connect us all, we uh, people in our modern society ha- have this sense of aloneness and you can be in a group of people um, and still feel alone. And I think that 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 is a, a critical and primary driver in a lot of the mental health issues that we're seeing today. Yeah, and I, I know for people listening and uh, that deal with probably kids and students that have grown up in this era where they've always had a device, they've always been connected, that I actually feel really sorry for them, Rocky, because I remember what my childhood was like, and I'm sure yours the same, mate, that... Um, that your parents couldn't contact if you want or that you couldn't reach out and be able to connect, like, post, just communicate with anybody at the touch of a finger. So do you think that because we're so connected, it's making us so far disconnected in a way? Like you just said, you could be with people, but you still feel alone? Yes, you know, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, uh, I, I think that, Quite frankly, I know there are a lot of people who are critical of social media and some of the technological changes in our modern world, but I think on balance, it's a positive for good. Obviously, there's negative aspects to it, but I'd like to, I'm a bit of an optimist, I'd like to see that it's there's probably more benefits than, um, you know, uh, negatives to it. Um, but, mate, you know, look, you just can't escape the fact that uh, I, I have a teenage daughter. You just can't escape the fact that, you know, you, I see them, you watch them, that they can be together with their friends and they're all staring into their phones. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yes, we can connect at the click of a finger. Uh, you know, we can make comments and all of that. But that, that type of connection uh, is masking the deeper connection that you're talking about before all of this came into play. Yeah, and I, I, I just noticed that being part of something or being part of a team or socialising, it's not done quite as much these days. And that's why, obviously, there are people out there like what we do, Rocky, that um, try and promote these things or try and create uh, scenarios or situations where people can get that actual human connection and get that feeling. And um, one other thing you mentioned, mate, was uh, that people are more aware of, obviously, mental health these days and they're talking more about it. What, is, what has this done... Uh, as a, a drawing a positive light to, I suppose, the whole scenario of a, a negative thing in mental health issues. What has, is, by being more aware and talking about it, done? Well, again, there's there's some good things and there's some not so good things. Um, the fact that we're talking about it more, that um, the, in many ways, you know, Dale, it's less stigmatised, you know, um, but still there is a stigma around mental health, especially depression. You know, um, the fact that we're speaking about it more, the fact that we're having um, sports stars, celebrities and the like talking about it, there's a, a greater acceptance around it, no doubt. Also, I think that people are, are 
are looking to perhaps get some help rather than suffering alone because I guess 20, 30 years ago or 50 years ago or, you know, even last century, it was like, well, um, what is this? I don't know why I'm sort of feeling this way. So I think that there's people are are reaching out for help online or face-to-face to try to get some assistance. But, you know, despite the fact that we've made massive strides, especially in the last 20 to 30 years around awareness, around mental health uh, and well-being, I still think that there's a stigma there. You know, um, I saw a psychiatrist in the UK just um, post on Twitter the other day, Dale, and he was just saying a true story that um, a cardiologist um, went in for uh, uh, some heart surgery and um, was sort of considered a hero that um, it was able to be picked up and, you know, treated and so forth. But a psychiatrist who was depressed was too ashamed to come forward because, you know, he's he's in this field, right? And he And somehow or another, I don't know what it was, but he was too ashamed to come forward, too worried about being judged and unfortunately committed um, suicide. So you've got two medical doctors, one considered a hero, one still, even though in the profession, um, trapped by this stigma. And I still see this in my clinical practice as a counsellor, you know, um, people, unfortunately, there are times when you do need to get medication to treat mental health illnesses, especially severe depression. Um, And uh, there's a stigma around that, you know, it's uh, seen as a character flaw, as a weakness. It's interesting to me because if we went to the GP and they said, you know, you've got diabetes or uh, high cholesterol or something like that, and they said you need to be on this medication, most people would say, okay, but um, if you get professionals saying you probably need to get stabilized and um, and have some medication to just get you, you know, as my good friend and mentor, Dr. David Lake would say, get your head above water. If you're suffering severe, long-term entrenched depression, um, still there's this stigma and people will, you know, they're not that open to it. And, and there's still a debate in our modern society about um, that, you know, medication for severe mental health issues. Yeah, and I I see this and I hear this all the time, like you just said, that people are on medication for everything. But when it comes to mental health, Rocky, is that people don't want to tarnish their reputation or is it a pride thing? Why is there such a a barrier with saying, right, I do need some help and this is going to help me? Yeah, like like I say, I think that, you know, we've come a long way in the last 20 to 30 years um, and understanding all of this, but I just think there's still this stigma in our society, and that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity to chat to you um, today, Dale, to be able to say, look, you know, we, we there's still a way to go, you know, and um, there's still too much judgment around this, um, self-judgment, and unfortunately, um, I, think, I think for too many people and for too many uh, um, areas in our society, um, issues like depression, as we're focusing on right now, is sometimes seen as a weakness or as a character flaw or that, you know, you can think your way out of it. All of these sorts of things um, where you can try a whole bunch of those things, but if they're not working and it's been going on for quite a long time, then you need to consider, um, you know, a medical approach. And the research shows, again, we're talking about for long-term entrenched severe depression, um, that you 
you really need a combination of things, really good well-being, really good um, psychological practices, counselling, medication. It's a range of things. And that's another problem I see too, Dale. Unfortunately, people will say, yeah, just meditate. Yeah. Uh, just, start a, yeah. just start a gratitude practice. Now, those things are wonderful. Meditation, I do both, right? And I recommend this to my clients. They're super important, but it's n- not that simple. You know, so you, sometimes more is required. Yeah, and it's not one size fits all. Like, there's no right answer. Everybody's different, isn't there? And there's all different cases and scenarios. And I, I suppose one of the biggest things I see is that um, people just don't know how to start the conversations, Rocky, and, and they don't know where to start. So instead of just trying, they'll say, I don't know how to do it, so they won't do anything at all. What, what advice for people out there if maybe – sort of two-part question here, Rocky, if somebody isn't feeling really good and they just want to talk to somebody, how do they go about that? Or if somebody notices a friend or family member or something that may be a little bit down or struggling, how do they approach them? What, what are some steps for sort of both sides of this scenario? Okay, so there's some really great questions there, Dale. So um, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a, a spiel here. Good, and I like if it. I don't... If I don't quite touch on some of the things you just asked, just bring me back, mate. All right, mate. Um, First first of all, um, I want to perhaps outline a little bit of a framework for people to be able to assess yourself and with family and friends, okay, we need to get – we need – this is bigger than just me having a chat to a friend or a family member. We've got to get some professionals in, in here, right? We need to get a really good team around us. So there are three things that we need to consider if we suspect our mental health uh, is not where it needs to be and we need to get professional help. One is the level of intensity around symptoms, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. So think about it one to ten. Um, so when I speak to people and they say to me, oh, you know, I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling anxious, I usually say early on in the conversation, just so I can understand a little bit better, can you just tell me on a scale of one to ten where one is you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever it is and you're feeling that, but it's not that bad and you're sort of coping okay is one. And on the other hand, 10 is, no, 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 I'm feeling terrible and I'm just not coping at all. So right now, help me understand a little bit, where are you right now? And, and let's just say for argument's sake, they say that they give you a high number, an eight or a nine. So you can see straight away that intensity around the symptoms are quite high. Now, is that cause of concern? Well, that depends. And it depends on the second thing that we want to talk about here, and that's frequency. And that means how regular do you, what's the regularity around your experiencing of these symptoms? In other words, do you experience this more than once a week? Do you experience this two to three times a week or even more? And if that's the case right there, Dale, without me even talking about the third thing, which I'll get to in a moment, that's enough for me to say, hang on a second, there's quite high levels of intensity and it's been going on uh, several times a week. That's that's cause for concern. Yeah. What, yeah. About, what about the last thing? So we've got intensity, frequency, and duration. So what do I mean by duration? Well, if it's been going on for two or three times or more a week, what, just one week, two weeks, a month, two months, a year, how long, right? Duration. And the other thing is when I'm having these symptoms where I'm feeling anxious or depressed or down or whatever it is, um, how long does a symptom last? Do you have strategies that you can use that can get you back to your sort of regular set point, I guess, or 
is that when you get like this, um, all bets are off. You can't go to work. You can't leave the house. Um, you know, it, it, it lasts for hours. So the three things, Dale, are what's the intensity around this? How often are you experiencing this throughout a week? And then for how many weeks, how, how long the duration of time, and also how long before the symptoms become better? How long before you sort of get back to normal when you have an episode of feeling down? You see, I, oftentimes we need, what I'm trying to talk about here, Dale, is we need to have, and sure, we need to get to a professional, but before we get to a professional, having a, a, a realistic assessment of what's happening with your mental health is really important um, for yourself and for people who are helping others. Um, so, like, again, I'll, I'll keep quoting my good friend, my mentor, Dr. David Lake. He, 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 um, he says in one of our online conferences where he spoke about depression, he said, you know, is this a small d depression? which is a passing mood fluctuation. And we've all been there feeling down and a week or two, we get back on our feet. Yep. Or is it like a capital D depression where it's like we've been talking about long-term, entrenched, severe. Um, and so when we're talking about depression or anxiety, it's like, what, what, what are we talking about here exactly? So having some sense of an assessment is helpful. And that simple framework around intensity, frequency, frequency and duration Gives points you into okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I may need to get some help here because this has been going on for a while and it's been happening quite regularly. You know, mate. I think about it like this: you have a headache, right? You have a headache. You might take a couple of Panadol or something, um, and you feel better after half an hour. Yep. yep. Right, fine. You don't have a headache again for a month or two or whatever. But what if you're having what? What if you had a headache? You took some um, pain relief, it didn't reduce, and this headache is ongoing um, two, three times a week, week after week. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, that's really good advice, mate, for people listening along because um, often people don't know they're suffering or, like you said, but when you can refer it back to a headache or an injury or something like that that's not getting better, then it is probably something that they need to seek some medical advice. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, it, I think most people, if they had um, headaches two, three times or more a week that weren't really reducing despite whatever they were trying um, and it was going on week after week, it wouldn't take too long before they went and got some some professional advice around this, the doctor or whoever they'd need to see, right? So true, so hang on, this, so this, is, this is not quite right, you know? Um, and so we can, we all have our moments, mate, where we feel a little anxious, stressed, uh, even feeling flat or low or down. That's part of human nature. It's part of life, right? Um, it's not true or real that you can be up 24-7. It's just not the nature. It's not even in our nature. It's not in the nature of the universe. There are cycles, yeah? And so, okay, we can all have our moments, but then when if you were to bounce back after a couple of days and, 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 it's, and, and, and it sort of happens, in quite infrequently, once or twice a year, and usually because there's some sort of external stimulus, a trigger, you've experienced a loss or something, all of that's perfectly normal and natural. It's when you can't get out of bed and you don't know why, or this has been going on, and um, I say to people, you deserve for this to get better, and it's not going to get better on your own, 
and it's not going to get better talking just to some friends. Um, it, it, you deserve for it to get better. And for it to get better, you need to have a really good team of people around you. And um, that's what I like to say to people. Yeah, that's that's really powerful, Rocky. And I know that's going to be really helpful for people out there. Um, how, how do you start that conversation, though? So, for example, that's awesome and I, uh, so beneficial for not only parents, teachers, but anybody listening that may be suffering or feeling a little bit down. That that analogy to a headache, I think it would be really easy to summarise to people, and they'll be able to go, right, I do need help, or I'm going okay. There's just other things I can implement in my life. But for example, if you notice somebody's a little bit down or um, how do you start those conversations? Like you just said there that you might need to get a good team around you, you need to do these things. How do you go about that? Well, that's a good question, mate. And again, it depends on, and I just don't want to give like a blanket no, response. And, and, uh, this, and, this is a, and this is what I mean. It's a really hard topic, Rocky. Like you're obviously a professional. You're doing this daily. For someone like myself or just general punters, it's a really hard thing because you don't want to give advice, but then you don't know where to start either. That's right. And it depends a lot on who, who are you actually talking to right now? Are you talking to a student? Are you talking to a partner? Are you talking to a sibling? You know, like, I mean, who who you're talking to has a really big impact on how you would approach it, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I don't want to sort of say, go out and say this to people because it depends who you're talking to. But here's some broad guidelines and again, I think it, it, you need to sort of fit it into your own personality. For me personally, Dale, like if I was talking to a family member where I'm not the counsellor, if I'm talking to a friend, um, I, I would I would approach it with me, my personality, I would approach it as um, in, in a really loving, caring, um, compassionate, gentle way, you know, in a, in a, in a way where it's like uh, if I'm talking to a mate, it'll be something like, Hey man, like um, I, I just wanna, I just wanna be honest with you. I've I've been worried about you for a little while, you know. And so I, depending if I've got a good mate, I can just go ahead and I can say something like that, and and, and then that, that you'll get a response like, well, well, what do you mean? And then and then I think it's important to describe behaviour yep. and say, well, yep. like, what I've been noticing is A, B, C, D. And I, and I sort of, I've sort of been noticing it for a while, and it, and it's not really quite like you. And I'm just checking in with you, you know. So again, that would vary depending on who you're talking to. But I think with a lot of love and compassion, no judgment, um, and um, and really describing what you're seeing, you know. I mean, if you are actually going to go and approach someone, you need to be able to I, – I'm a really big believer, Dale, in speaking your truth, being authentic and genuine in your communication. So there's no point tiptoeing around the subject. Yeah. Um, especially if you've got good rapport and relationship with the person. I like just coming straight out and saying, hey, I've been worried about some things. This is what I've been noticing and you know how much I really love you, how much I really care about you, and that's why I'm bringing it up, you know. And I would describe the behaviours and then wait for the response. Mm. What, how do they respond? What are they going to say, right? That, um, yeah. That that sort of you, you just sort of need to sit there sometimes too, don't you? And and silence as awkward as it can be, I think by you obviously showing the love and the care, backing it up with a little bit of evidence, and then really is sort of you need to leave it sort of open for them. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Dale. Like, I mean, I think that he, here's what I would say, please don't do this. Um, you know, um, you've been A, B, C, D, and um, it's really having an impact on your family and friends, mm. and I think you need to go and get some help. That's terrible. Shocking. Right? Yes. So um, there's hopefully that, that gives you a bit of a contrast compared to <laughs> What, what I sort of, and by the way, mate, you know, like we, I said it's terrible, you said it's shocking, but you'd be amazed how many people come out and say stuff like that. Yeah, and because, and that's, and that's the biggest thing. It's not about the person saying it, and that's the worst thing you can do, isn't it? When you refer it back to you're upsetting people because the person is already struggling as it is. They don't need the burden that they're affecting more people. Yes, and sometimes, unfortunately, they are. They may be affecting other people negatively, their behaviours, and because the person may not have been able to address it earlier and may, may have bottled up, and then when they are... Um, and let, what about this, mate? You might approach someone and, and maybe tentatively suggest that, you know, things may not be right and you need to go and get some professional help. I don't think that that's a great way of doing it either. And then the person is resistant. Yeah, I don't yeah. go. I don't need to go and see a count. I don't need to go and do that. And then, of course, because you're the one raising it and you have been affected, then you're in a battle, right? Where the, then you'll say, "Well, I think you do need to go." And so you see, it then it puts a strain on the relationship. Now, that's not what the person who's suffering needs. No. So that's no. why I was saying we need to bring the love, the care, and the compassion. No judgment. Um, and we just need to raise it. Just say, hey, look, you know, as a friend, as a partner, as a brother, as a whoever, um, as your teacher, you know, um, I'm, I'm worried about you. This is what I'm seeing, you know. So bring it with love and care and compassion. This is what I'm seeing, right? And uh, I just want, I'm here to check in on you, you know, and, and then just leave it and, and let them respond, you know. And they'll respond in a bunch of different ways. They'll, they'll say things like, I'm okay. Like, what if they say, look, I'm okay, I'm, I'm fine, you know. Um, then then I think this is what I would say in a situation like that, Dale, where I would say, I'd say, yeah, you know, like, I mean, we all have our ups and downs, um, but I've seen you like this for, for several months or for several weeks, and that's why I'm talking to you about it now. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. it's always important to back what you're saying up with observable behaviour and evidence. Yeah, and I, I love that because you're not solving it for them and that's the thing. You can't go and solve this. They need to want to get help or they need to try and figure out a way to get over it themselves and deal with it in their way, not for you to tell them or put a burden on them like you said. And the biggest thing there is that I've taken away from all of that, Rocky, I know listeners will as well as that love, caring, compassion is exactly what they need to feel, all right? If you back it up for a little bit of evidence, that is awesome. So, guys, so many key takeaways from that one little bit there about some conversations, and that's one of the reasons I want to have Rocky on today is because they're conversations I struggle with and I know other people do as well. So, Rocky, that was beautifully put, mate. I really appreciate that. Now, I know before you mentioned, obviously, that you meditate and you practice gratitude. Um, what other things do you do personally? And, I, and I'll throw it open to what people can do, but... What what things do you do personally to stay on top of your game? Yeah, thank you, mate. That um, that's a really good question, and um, I've struggled 
um, even though I teach well-being, um, in the past, uh, especially when I first started, um, I, I would say I've probably had two stages in my career where I've probably burnt out a little bit. Um, so I've learnt the hard way, um, <laughs> and um, and and so I'm I, I'm pretty strict. Um, and strict is a people get turned off by that word, but I just I guess I say to you, it's become a habit. So it's actually not strict; it's become a habit. And this is what I do, mate. Um, no matter what, I um, my mornings are critical, right? So I really believe that the way you the rest of your day, um, and and so in um, my mornings are sacred, um, and it includes movement. So, um, I, I, um, depending on what injuries I'm getting older in life, I, I, you know, I, I, I do, I, I, no matter what mate, I can still walk. So, um, I'm doing 10,000 steps a day. Um, so that's a minimum. Um, and that's in the morning. So just get some movement happening. Um, and then, Meditation's a broad general term for the hundreds of different ways that you can meditate. Um, but really, I heard um, someone the other day on a podcast describe meditation as doing nothing. And I really love that. You know, so you can sit there and be aware of your breath, but I'm just talking about sitting and doing nothing at all, not listening to anything, not reading anything. And it's really quite intriguing how difficult people find that yeah and uh, and what I'm what I would like to suggest is just to stick with it it gets better uh, unfortunately too many people have this view that um, I, I can't do it because I can't stop my thoughts so they just stop meditating and I just say look you're just <laughs> overthinking it just sit and do nothing but my mind keeps racing great just notice that yeah just be aware of that, right? Um, so you're the witness, you're the observer. And so one of the most profound things, so by the way, but just to end, and then I'll come back to meditation, Dale. So I have movement happening, so mornings movement. I spend some time in meditation and I spend some time um, in gratitude, right? So they're probably the three key things that I do in my mornings to pump prime myself for the day. And, and what, what does that mean? What has that meant for me in my life? This is what I've noticed, by the way, not just in my life, but in my clients. Um, what I've noticed, Dale, is that what does that mean that you're not going to have problems or challenges or obstacles um, come your way throughout the day? Well, of course, we're human beings. We're on this planet. Things happen. But what I've noticed is that if you can start the day in a positive mode, then you can actually respond to those difficulties or obstacles or whatever comes up better. You can respond to them better. You can manage them better. If you wake up really tired, um, flustered, exhausted, already first thing in the morning, it doesn't take much to um, get you underwater, so to speak. So I think mornings are sacred. And for me personally, I like doing those three things. And, um, and, and, and the thing of it is too, Dale, that even with people when, I come, when they come to see me for counselling and, and they come, whether they've got anxiety, depression or whatever it is that they want to get some help with, uh, that's one of the things I ask them is, tell me about your mornings. Tell me what you do first thing in the morning. Um, by the way, um, Dale, speaking of um, 
having your mornings starting well, well, that means you have a good night's sleep. Um, can I say to you that one of the, you said to me before, what's one of the key things that's contributing to um, the mental illness in our society today? Yeah. Many, many things. I said this sense of aloneness. I also think that in our modern society, we're not getting the quality sleep we were getting um, 50, 100 years ago. Um for many, many reasons. And I highly recommend a book um, called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, and you can search Matthew Walker. There are podcasts he's done, just super fantastic. Um, and if we're not getting the right type of sleep, it's affecting our uh, physical health, our psychological health. It affects our ability to learn. Um, it, it, there's many, many ramifications. And having really good sleep is almost like a clearinghouse for the previous day's upsets and minor traumas and so on and so forth. So um, that that's really important. And because of um, electricity and light and screens, this is having a really big impact on um, our quality of sleep, that and a whole bunch of other reasons. So I guess what I'm saying is make sure you, you have really good sleep so that you can wake up in the morning with some energy to move your body and spend some time in gratitude. And I'd like to just maybe speak, I know that you've had some great guests on speak about meditation, but for me, one of the most profound things I've learned when I've been doing meditation and just sitting there, all of a sudden, you just notice a whole bunch of past memories and thoughts come up. And, and if you can just bear with it, over time, um, especially over two to three months, if you can just stick to it every day as a bit of a routine, you'll find that those thoughts begin to lessen. And the only thing you're sort of thinking about is not past history, but just the previous day. And so then your head noise begins to slow down. Unfortunately, people think I need to sit down and meditate. And why am I not stopping my thoughts in the first 10 minutes that I'm meditating? And it's an unreal expectation. One of the most profound things I got to see an experience when I started doing um, my own meditation 20 years ago was I'm not my thoughts. That's a really key uh, concept that is really important because unfortunately for too many of us, we've got a lot of head, head noise and a lot of negative head noise. And when we become completely identified with those negative thoughts, there's no space there. So we're completely consumed by the thought. But when we realize, hang on a second, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not even my emotions. And I don't want to go too far here, Dale, to freak out your audience. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even my body. Well, then it brings us back to the central question of humanity. Well, who am I, right? Um, and I think it's important to recognize you're not your thoughts, you know, is a, is a really important concept. Yes, and you've, you've just mentioned so many awesome bits of knowledge there, Rocky. And one of the things is uh, that Dr. Matthew Walker, a couple of weeks ago, Andy Milne was on the podcast, and he mentioned about him as well. and spoke very highly about it. So, guys, um, if you don't want to get the book, he's got a fantastic TED Talk as well. But, uh, Rocky, I, like you said with your mornings, I, I think that's your time, and nobody can take that away from you. And if you allow, and I give myself 30 minutes like you every morning, and that's my time to set the day up. It doesn't matter what time I'm starting. 
starting, I'll set my alarm earlier. So that way it sets me up. I know that I've got that routine. And as you said, I'm alert, I'm ready to go, and I can attack the day full on. So I love that. Really key takeaways. And the big thing with meditation and what you've just mentioned there is that you don't just meditate and feel amazing zen. And at the end of it, you, you stop and you've got all this energy, do you? Like it's different for everybody and it's a different process. And it, it doesn't just make you feel amazing when you finish it. It clears your mind and just being able to stop, be present and not do anything is something that we just don't do anymore. That's right. And I think you know, I mean, we're just talking about balance here, Dale. Like, I mean, people in our modern world, we're, we're so overwhelmed. And that's because we're dealing with multiple points of input and information um, coming into our senses per second, you know, hundreds. Some people are saying even thousands of bits of information that we're bombarded with and that we just can't really focus. And that's one of the issues in our modern world, I think, especially with the younger generation. And so there's got to be some balance. I mean, think about think about this. Isn't it extraordinary, Dale, that we say it, it, just to sit down without your phone, without a screen, without listening to music, without reading a book, just sitting and doing nothing for five minutes. And it creates angst and people get twitchy and they don't know what to do. That That's a problem it is. that we can't, that we can't do that. I just think it's about a bit of, I'm not saying I'm not the whole anti-phone, anti-social media. I just, we're not going backwards, Dale, you know, like this is, none of this is going away. But what I am saying is, um, we need to be able to take the foot off the accelerator sometimes and put the foot on the brake. Um, and I, I just think it's, uh, it's it's really good for balance, you know, just to be able to – we're not talking about hours in the day. We're just talking about even five or ten minutes can be helpful. Yeah, and, I, and, and like you said, I think it's about everybody finding their own routine in the morning that works for them, and everybody's different like we've just spoken about. Now, Rocky, one thing since I think we've been working together for the last couple of years, um, and I've been a little bit of part of this with a couple of workshops and things like that, but one thing I've just loved being a member of is um, your Accidental Counselor membership site, mate, because the courses and everything on there are just fantastic. You've got hours upon hours. Do you want to explain a little bit of, about how this came about? Out and um, exactly what it is for people, because I know listening to everything you've spoken about today that we can't all get to see you present live. So this is the next best thing, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Um, and thanks for the opportunity to share some of that work, um, Dale. But before I talk about that, can I just say one more concept about the stuff that we've been talking sure. about today? And just something for people to hold on to. Mental health is managed. It's not cured. So there's no medication, there's no one strategy that's going to cure depression, anxiety, but there are a range of things that you can do that can manage it to a point where you can live life to the full. But be aware, this is what I've seen in my clinical practice, that if exercise and um, meditation and gratitude and some of these other things that we've been talking about today, that if that's actually helping you, I've seen this in my private practice, Dale, people start doing this. They get on their feet. They, they go, this is awesome. They, they start living their lives. And a year later, I get a phone call and it's like, I need to see you. My anxiety's come back worse than ever. And then they come back and I say, tell me what's happened. And they'll, they'll have a relationship breakdown. And then I'll say to them, the things we did four years ago around, you know, movement, exercise, um, gratitude, 
um, all of that meditate, all of that stuff. Um, how are you going with that? You're still on top of those sort of things. And inevitably they'll say, oh, no. I stopped. And so then, yes, they've stopped. And, and then I'll say to them, well, you know, you know what I'm going to say then. <laughs> it worked, you know, um, it worked back then. We need to get back on this horse, right? Um, and so mental health is managed. It's not cured. And I'm a really big believer in developing positive habits. So then you're not relying on this motivation of, oh, I've got to get up and do this. It's not a burden. It it's becomes natural. In fact, I get upset if I don't get out and go for a walk, right? Yeah. Um yeah. And it happens every single day, and I'm like you, mate. I set my alarm early to make sure that I get it in. Once it becomes a habit, it's not a burden anymore. So I just wanted to say that it's a really critical concept. It's managed, not cured. So find out what you need to do to manage this and then stay on top of it. Yeah, it's so, so true, mate. So, yeah, let's um – I like that. I think I think that's a really nice thing to uh, – that can be managed and you can live with it, but it's never going to go away. So I think that's a really key point as well. So let's get on the membership site, mate. Let's tell us a little bit more about it, please. Yeah, so, um, Dale, it's, it's just a real I'm, – I'm really proud of it because, um, like you say, we, we do a lot of workshops all around the place, but – People can't get to it all of the time. So we actually have our online accidental counsellor, which is about nine and a half hours online. We don't um, – it's only about six hours face-to-face. And that's just one of 18 courses that we have currently in there. And um, at the end of the week, we're going to be doing uh, an advanced accidental counsellor, and we're going to have that filmed, and, and that's also going to be in- – placed in the membership area. So that'll be nearly 40 hours of mental health and wellbeing courses online. Um, and you can get um, certification and professional development hours and all of those sorts of things. And so we have accidental counsellor courses. We've got courses in there around. So I actually read the book um, Matthew Walker wrote and I did a, a one-hour presentation and that's online around sleep. Um, we, we, we've got some of your sessions on there, Dale. We've got, um, uh, we've got sessions around anxiety depression, um, a whole bunch of different topic areas, all online. People can just listen to it via their app or log in online. And um, I guess it's the way the world's going now, mate, is just accessing quality um, mental health and wellbeing courses online just makes it flexible for people um, to be able to access it. Yeah, it's sort of like the Netflix or stand for sort of mental health and counselling, isn't it? Yes, that that's the that's right, mate. It's the way I like to see it. You know, we just keep creating new material and new courses, and we just add it in there. So it becomes a little bit of a, a library, you know, where people can um, have it and go back to it and um, look at things whenever they're up when they're whenever they're ready for it. Yeah, cool, mate. Now, Rocky, so many awesome things that you've mentioned today. So I'd really highly recommend people going and checking out your membership zone, and um, I will have links in the show notes for that. Now, Rocky, when I uh, interviewed you in episode 52, I didn't finish with these questions. Now, um, I've got two to go, mate. So if you could look back when you were 18 years old, and from everything you've learned now from your teaching, your practice, your traveling, running workshops, being a father, um, all these different things, if you could give yourself one bit of advice as an 18-year-old Rocky, what would that be? (laughs) Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Yeah, what I mean by that, mate, is I say to people, yeah, what I mean by don't sweat it is um, don't worry. It'll be okay, you know. And I know that that sounds cliched, um, but just consider this for a moment. 
I say to people, write down your top five worries every day for a week. And then at the end of the week, I want you to look at those worries. And let me ask you, Dale, if you were to do that, how many different types of worries do you think you would have over a week? I'd I'd probably have quite a few like yourself, mate, with uh, running a business and so forth like that. There'd be quite a few worries, but I probably when I think about it, I don't know if I'm going to wreck your punchline here, but um, they probably don't mean as much as what I'm worrying about them. Yeah, and, 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 and I think there's two things that people would discover, and that is, huh, my top five worries every day for a week, and if you look at the pattern, you'll notice that most of them are pretty much the same. Would you agree, Dale? Yeah, yep, 100%. Okay, so there's two things to consider. One is, huh, this negative head noise is usually the same old stuff, number one. Number two, all these things that we're worrying about, how often do they happen? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, well. I think I think yeah. Too often we can just get caught up and by it's probably very similar, Rocky. When I talk to people about oh, you want to lose weight or you want to get fitter, that write down what you eat. And normally it's probably very similar to what you're saying. That normally is because there's a pattern of uh, negative foods or things in their diet that are causing that. Is that sort of what you're trying to say with um, the the worries? Yes, mate. You know, there's an interesting thing because um, one one thing we didn't speak about today is that I think that there is a genetic component to mental health. Um, Yeah, and I'm not saying it's a big part of it, but I still I think that it is a component, a part of it. And I know that anxiety flows through my my family, right? And I know when you talk about me as an 18 year old, I was a real worrier. I was really anxious. And I would tell my um, my 18-year-old self, relax, mate, you know, it, it's it's these things that are knocking you around, these worries, these doubts, these upsets that you're focusing on, they're not true. And, uh, and, and that's what would happen, mate, is I'd be um, obsessed and focused on a whole bunch of stuff that um, inevitably, when I look back, um, a lot of it wasn't accurate, right? It wasn't true. And that's part of... Um, you know, the mental head noise that we experience. So I would tell my 18-year-old self to relax, have more fun, and live life in the moment because that's where life mm. is lived. It, it Unfortunately, when you think about those five negative thoughts every day for a week, if you were to analyze those thoughts, you'll see that most of them are, are based in the past or the future. And so when we're thinking typically about the past or the future negatively, it's going to impact us negatively. Um, and so, and to leave you with something super provocative, Dale, the past and the future are not real. They are human constructs. Mm, they, yes, they definitely they, yeah, babe, animals, babies, they're not, they don't understand past and future. Um, they live completely in the moment. It's a, it's a human construct, past and future. The only thing that's real is now. And unfortunately, my 18-year-old self was living too much in the past day's slights or the future day's worries. And I would pretty much say, relax, have more fun, live life in the moment. Be present. It's such a, it is such a hard thing to do, Rocky. And you know, that advice you just given, mate, I was just sitting here going, "That's exactly like myself, mate." Uh, um, and I, I know a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that as well. And final one, mate, um, before I let you go, Rocky, is that when it's all said and done, I know you've got a lot of good years left in you yet. But what legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be remembered for? 
Oh, mate. <laughs> Been a superstar? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that's a really – yeah, I, I, it's interesting. For some reason, I there's an awkwardness about me responding to that. I guess really um, there's something about the Australian culture, Dale, about not pumping your wheels up too much, yeah, isn't there? there is. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think um, what would I like to be known for um, – uh, someone, I guess, someone who 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 reached out to others, really, who tried to be there for others. Um, I guess yeah. is probably what I'm to be um, remembered for. And um, mate, we could talk for hours. And if you don't mind me just saying one more thing, because I'm learning this myself. I'm not saying I'm a master at this. I, my great mate and mentor, Doctor David Lake, really helped me a lot here. Um, but I would say it's such a hard thing to do to live in the moment. He, you know what he would say to me? What's that? You are living in the moment. Mm. It's not hard to do. You're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it, but your mind a lot of the time might not be. Is that sort of where it's at? Yeah, yeah. So when I would say that to him and he would respond that way, i go, huh, what? And, and then once I realized, it was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Of course we're living in the moment. That, 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 that's the only thing we're doing. But then, of course, we then get consumed by that mental head noise, right? We're not observing it. We then be, become completely identified with it. And then we're off. You know, I mean, think about it like this. We could be reading a book. And you read three pages and you go, huh, what, did, what was it that I just read? Yeah. Or you're driving a car and you get to your destination and you go, huh, did I go through those lights? You with me? Yeah, of course. It's just part of human nature. Like that's, that's we all do it, right? And so um, we just live our lives all too often in this, in this days, you know, of um, in, in a bit of a trance and to be present. And this is what people say, just stop and smell the roses, that cliched, um, thing is there's a there's a there's a lot of truth in that to be able to notice the things around you to pay attention use your senses to notice to be alert to what's going on around you means that then you're not so identified in your thinking because we are living in the moment right um but then when we get caught up in our thinking then we're we're off with all of that yeah, we're somewhere else. Now, Rocky, from what you want to be remembered for, for your legacy, helping other people out, I, I know that today's chat, that's exactly what this is going to do because just going back to not only your morning routines or setting that up or um, talking about mental health that is managed, it's not fixed, um, sleep's so important. But the big thing I've taken away from today is for people that are maybe suffering or not feeling the best, to talk about the intensity, the frequency, the duration, refer it back to a headache. I think that was so beneficial for me listening um, along with you today. And, and not only that, the, the conversations to have to people around just showing love and care and that if you are going to, you know, have that conversation, have a little bit of evidence to back it up and remember that we're not trying to solve it. We're simply there trying to help and, and make that person's life better, not burden them with um, that they're making other people's lives harder and so forth like that. So if I could summarize everything there today, Rocky, your legacy in this podcast has been profound. Mate. It's been all awesome um and that's the main reason i want to have you on today mate because you are a world leader in this you are so knowledgeable and not only that you, you bring it across in a way that people that may not be as uh, intelligent or switched on with this sort of stuff as you are get it and i know that's what's happened for me today so thanks so much mate i've really appreciated having you on for a second time thanks Dale. really appreciate the opportunity to be with you <laughs>